back with another episode of the 133 podcast. As always, it's Barlow, joined by Casey. Casey, what a weekend! How was it? Oh, what a what a weekend! What a day Saturday was. Um, my teams were four and zero on Saturday. I was literally cheering for something for games that started at six thirty in the morning up through the Packer game that ended at what eleven o'clock at night. So. I had a, a vested interest throughout the day, and all of them won, so that was good. Uh, kind of had a relaxing Sunday off of that, um, as far as cheering goes, emotional investment goes, uh, which I think we'll talk a lot, lot about today. Um, I had all that on Saturday, and they won, so it was good. It was good. I was exhausted at the end of it, and I sat on my couch all day. Nice. Uh, yeah, we were just talking off here. How yesterday was a long day, a little longer for you. Uh, but I felt like after the Badger game that it, I felt like it was like 10 o'clock, and it wasn't. It wasn't even 7. <laughs> and there, there was still more to watch. Um, but, you know, I powered through, watched some championship games, barn burner of Cincinnati-Tulsa. Um, yeah. That was. But, yeah, what a weekend. I Before we get into our game, I... Glad we made it here. Never thought we'd make it this part, this far of the season. Uh, it, talking football in a totality, college football mm. in a totality. Yeah. Um, but it was a, uh, you know, it, it was it was weird. It was strange, but it was fun all at the same time. Yeah, I definitely, at least for for sure, our podcast. But I think yeah. <laughs> kind of everything in general. Glad that they were able to get the season in as. Frustrating and as unfortunate at games being moved and canceled as it was, you know, we still got to see some college football. And I think I'm glad I'm glad that it happened. I'm glad we're here and I'm glad uh, maybe I'd be talking differently if the (laughs) game went differently yesterday. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, glad that we uh, made it to this point. We made it through conference championships uh, and and most of the games, at least all the meaningful games, right, have happened. So yeah, that's that's for sure positive. All right. Well, so shall we dive in? It was Axe <laughs> yeah. Week, Minnesota, Wisconsin. They got it in. The streak yeah. continues. Uh, so we'll now be still be part of the Affleck trivia question is the longest running played rivalry is yeah. Minnesota, Wisconsin. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's good to keep that. It. I think it is good to, that this game was played and that this was the game that was rescheduled. Uh, I think both programs wanted not just for the Affleck trivia question but uh, you know it means something you could tell it meant something to the players <clears throat> after the game or during the game and after the game you could you could really tell they wanted to be there and both teams really wanted to win this game yeah yeah definitely there was um, you know again no one in the stands but you could tell the fire on the field was there uh, Axe was in the building you know both teams are ready to go pretty chippy from the ongoing uh, there was some um, you know, on the field antics that you usually don't see out of uh, a Wisconsin team, maybe a Minnesota team for that fact, but it sure made for a interesting watch where Wisconsin came up victorious in overtime. Yeah, 20 to 17 in overtime. Uh, and it took them all of that time to score <laughs> those, 20, those 20 points. Um, 
we were, I know we were talking about this last week, and I, I think we, I was just trying to emotionally hedge and say, you know, that the game was happening. Uh, there was more downside than upside, and I definitely felt that. Oh, yeah. Uh, on uh, yesterday, I know we were talking uh, how we weren't going to try and get too invested in it, and we weren't going to let our emotions go. And I, I think for how frustrating this year was, it made me want to win this game even more once it started happening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, literally minutes before the games, just sitting there, not going to get vested, um, and then literally minutes into the game, I'm yelling at my TV and totally vested. But I think we did have, you know, obviously we did. I, from a fan's point of view, we had more to lose than than to gain. Um, but I, whatever. But anyways. <laughs> I lost my thought, so we can go on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, thank goodness we got out with the win. I can't imagine the emotional state that this podcast would have been in if if we had lost uh, after just kind of the the minor ups and big downswings in that game. So let's get into it with our good, great, bad, and ugly segment. I'll start out the good Marlo. Um, I'm going to go with wide receiver Jack Dunn. Um, I think. Without his performance, he, his performance, the stat line at least, seven receptions, 76 yards. Uh, the, at the time, go-ahead touchdown to make it 17-10 to 10 from uh, Chase Wolf. Uh, he made a lot – he can, continued a lot of drives, not only standing on his feet and catching the ball this game, which was nice, uh, a <laughs> change from the Iowa game, but a lot of catches and then turns and getting an additional two to four yards that turned – you know, what would have been third and shorts into first downs or, or what have you, moving the sticks. And I think without his play, there weren't any other wide receivers in this game who, who, made, who really did anything. We struggled to get the ball to Jake Ferguson, essentially because he's our only target. Um, Dunn was the only wide receiver who was able to get open, catch the ball, and move the sticks. So my good was uh, Dunn's performance for a really, really beat up uh, receiving core. Yeah, I like it. He did show up. Like you said, he stayed on his feet. With everyone, it seems like everyone in our skill positions out, uh, it was good to see him have a shining star uh, mm-hmm. on the offensive side. So that is good. Um, much to that, I'm going to go with the quarter. What is good is our quarterback's depth. We were so deep. <laughs> we were so deep. We had, uh, you know, obviously Cohen get hurt at the beginning of the season and came Mertz. Mertz takes a hit, had to go out uh, in, the th- in the fourth quarter. Yep. And on the on that go ahead drive. Yeah, on the go ahead drive, uh, we had that go ahead drive because Mr. Wolf steps in, throws a touchdown, um, and, and he takes over for the rest of the game. Um, so, I good is the quarterback room, which we'll talk yeah. about later. But uh, we didn't even <laughs> need Vandenboom to come. Yeah, no, we, need, we had one more, another uh, another bullet in the. In the chamber? Is that sure. another one? Yeah. We had another one you know somewhere. What I didn't uh, realize okay. was okay. what a mate what a what a nice head of hair on Wolf. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I did not I did not know that either. Yeah. I didn't know he possessed that, obviously, until he started playing. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> that's a Wisconsin QB. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Yeah. Good job by him. All right, what was your great Marlo? Great. My great from the game. Groshik. Um Groshek, man, he was just turning and burning again with with Ber- uh, Berger being out. 
Uh, he was the guy that needed to, to to step up, getting yardage. He got a chunk, I mean, a, a big chunk yard gain uh, on his touchdown run, yep. which I think was 39 yards, which is something we haven't seen in, I don't know, all year. What's the longest run we've had? I'm not sure. Let's just call it that. <laughs> but uh, that was good to see to start the game, and then he was just he was just picking, he was just grinding away. Uh, 24 <clears throat> carries for 154 yards, which those 154 yards total was more total than the season combined. Um, so yeah, Groshek gets yeah my- again, yeah again another um, another instance where a senior steps up, takes on a bigger role than he probably would have otherwise had uh, due to uh, other players, other players being out, and he really stepped into it. And if not for something we'll talk about next in in the next section, probably would have salted the game away uh, or had a chance to. Uh, and get the win because by the end of that game he was just getting six seven yards to carry and that's all you can really expect out of him uh also matt millen thought his name was great which he mentioned multiple well, times and god, god matt millen. millen there we go matt millen. uh i have honorable mention to axe chopping I, okay uh, i think you know it's one of like after the game even though i shouldn't say like it didn't mean as much like it wasn't for like last year like it wasn't for a you know a championship or yeah going anywhere but I don't think we'll never ever get. It's always a good feeling to see them run over to goalposts and just chop away as a team. It warms my heart. Uh, I think it's good, and that was a pretty cool celebration. I forget who it was when he did the axe chopping, but I was kind of worried that I was going to come back to bite him in the ass when it was like the first quarter. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were doing um, that was uh, Burl after the interception, Burl, right? Yeah, yeah. After the interception, doing axe chopping, but I think. It is always a good sight. Yeah, it is. It's so I'm trying to think of other celebrations I ever sit around and watch to see. Cutting down the nets. Yeah. In March Madness, I, I sit around and, and watch that. Uh, but the axe shopping is the only other. It's the only. It's the only celebration that I'm aware of that you actually do something with the trophy. You don't just walk around and hold it. Yeah. Like you have an action that you do with it, and that's really cool and it's really fun to see yeah. when your team does it, especially when they do it like what twenty. Four out of the last twenty-six, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty nice there. So yeah, X shopping is is great. Uh, I'm going to give my great to on the defensive side to Leo Chanel. His stat line here: thirteen total tackles, uh, ten solo, two sacks, five tackles for loss. Um, really, it's. <laughs> On the defensive end, kept Wisconsin in this game. Uh, again, our linebacker corn general did it, but I think Chanel was the standout uh, in this game. He at least got the results. I know Sanborn, they did a good job of, um, in the broadcast, of kind of showing how, yeah, Chanel's open or he's getting open tackles or what have you because of Sanborn taking up two blockers or, or diagnosing the play and that sort of thing. So uh, I, I want to give a little bit of a shout-out, my great, to Sanborn. But Chanel was amazing in this game and really had some huge plays that stopped drives and, and got the ball back to, to Wisconsin uh, and kept them, kept them in the game when it looked like the offense was not going to be able to do anything. So that's my great. All right. Well, that's the good part. Uh Casey, do you want to go in? You want to roll into your bad? Yeah, we got to switch to the bad. Uh, well, this is we both have the same thing here. So I have two examples. So our bad, uh, I'll spoil it because it's that segment. It's not really spoiling if we're going to talk about it right now. Uh, is the is play calling 
in general, but I have two specific plays I want to talk about. Um, but I guess in a general sense, Marlo, it seemed like they talked about going into this game, how the play book was going to be limited for Mertz. It was going to be one or two reads and then check down and run. And even in that, it seemed like they didn't have confidence or they didn't call plays that would work in that scenario. It, it, it just seemed like the offense wasn't being put, Mertz wasn't being put in positions to be able to make plays. And I still think, I don't know what, once Wolf got in and you saw them open it up a little bit or play call plays that suited <clears throat> Chase Wolf, it kind of made sense. And you're like, oh, they had this package set up for Wolf to come in and make these plays. Why they couldn't have a similar game plan for Mertz baffles me. Um, so my, my general comment is play calling, but I have two specific ones I want to talk about. Yeah. Next. Let's talk about, I think, uh, no, I, I agree with all that. Obviously, I had play calling as well uh, in, a, in a general sense. I think going down into the granular uh, examples, I think we could start with the first one. Uh, was it the first drive of the game? Yeah. Yeah, first drive of the game. In, um, it's third and... Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, the first drive of the game. We get, we get the ball. We're driving pretty well. Get down within in Minnesota territory. Uh, get to a point where it's third and six at the Minnesota 29. And decide to run the ball. Run it one yard and to take and to settle for a what forty six yard field goal try, which we ended up missing. Uh, just doesn't I don't understand the I don't understand the play calling before and after that and not not attacking or set why settle for a forty six yard field goal attempt, especially at that point in the game. Yeah, not only a, a run a run to Julius Davis, um, who I, I I didn't know was on the team. <laughs> Uh, also, we had three carries uh, by uh, Shipper. Again, that's I mean I, the fact that we were going to these guys shows the lack of depth, uh, and I think why this win ended up being so impressive, um, despite just kind of grinding it out, where we just were missing players all over the field, and we had you know as we talked about earlier, some of the seniors step up, but some of these other players step up. But this play call was baffling to me. I wrote down third and seven, but uh, you're right, it was third and six, uh, and. I feel like you do anything to try and get that first down. They run the ball for one yard. And even if you were kind of thinking, you know, play for the field goal, you mentioned it was a 46-yard field goal. Let's say you don't get the first down, but you get five more yards. You're playing for a 41-yard field goal. It just felt like such a conservative call, such a non-winning call. Like, I I just was like, I can't believe that. Like, all this talk about... Mertz's confidence and, and the play calling suited to him. Like, have him roll out and throw it away if it's not there, but give him a shot to, to get the first down instead of instead of such a conservative play call. That was, I, I guess, the early on one, but the most striking one, the worst one, was on the final drive with a your third string quarterback in there. You're pounding the ball. You're, dry, you're driving down the field. Um, uh, do I have the... Okay. So we have runs of two, a pass for seven, run for one, uh, run for nine yards. Garrett Groshek runs for 10 yards. So back-to-back plays, run for nine yards, 10 yards. The next play, play action goes deep. It's badly underthrown. You can't call that play 
with the game on the line, and at that time, I, I thought we lost the game because I went, okay, they're going to go down it, we lost that game. and and hit a field goal here. It was just such a bad call. You finally take a chance. You haven't taken a chance all game, and this is the situation in which you take a third-string quarterback when your running game is finally getting chunk yards every play. It was so terrible, and I was so frustrated. And luckily, uh, we were able to step up, get a huge sack, uh, in there, who got this sack again? Uh, Leo Chanel. There we go. Hey, guy called You're out good. my great. Good You're job good. by me. Should have should have mentioned that. <laughs> should have mentioned that. <laughs> uh, he had the uh, the sack uh, on Tanner Morgan, knocking the ball loose. Uh, essentially, caused Minnesota to give up on on the uh, regulation and head into overtime. Um, so, yeah, you can't you can't make that play call there. I guess I got distracted by Leo Chanel making that play. <laughs> So there we go. All right, that is the bad, and let's go with the ugly. I'll start first because mine kind of bleeds into yours uh, a little bit. Um, The review booth. I don't know what in the world they are seeing, uh, but there was two botched reviews that they got completely wrong and then two things that I thought they should have reviewed that they didn't. Okay, so the botched reviews, the quarterback fumble when – Tanner Morgan's arm got hit. His arm went straight up into the oh, air, yeah. pushing the ball forward. No movement going forward. The call on the play was a fumble, and they overturn it. The announcers are looking at it. They're saying it's a fumble. The rules expert, Dean Blandino, comes in, chimes in, says it's a fumble. Ref- announcers come back, say, nope, incomplete pass. Right. It, the biggest baffling thing is that that was a change of a call in the field when yep. the video evidence... I feel like the video evidence supported the like, call on the field. Sh- like was clear that it was was a fumble, let a, yes. let alone video evidence that clearly shows that t- to overturn the call on the field. It made 100%. yeah, it made no sense. I think I texted you at that point. Like, what what did Chris do? Like, why why yeah. why are they doing this to us? Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Um, the next one was shortly thereafter. Uh, Minnesota punts. Uh, this is on the touchback. Uh, the player has oh. his foot on the goal line, catches the ball, and bends. I'm, I'm going up for the microphone. He bends backwards. The ball going into the end zone. His foot's on the line. You can clearly see, kind of like as a plane, the ball is behind his foot. They go to review it and they don't overturn it, uh, which then leads to a, a quick three and out, and then Minnesota gets their touchdown on the ensuing three and out, we punt from our end zone. They get a touchdown on the ensuing drive on the short field. Both those calls went against us and both of the, and again, announcer rules expert chime in, say this should be overturned and the ball should be a touchback. Refs come out and say, not a touchback. It was absolutely unbelievable. There was clear evidence uh, for that. Okay. So those were the two that they botched by uh, reviewing and getting wrong. Uh, not reviewed on Minnesota's final drive, the fourth and five run by uh, Tanner Morgan, the scramble. Mm. I'm not saying he didn't get the first down, but let's make sure he got the first down on a game-deciding play. Let's just see the other angle and see where his knee is down before we just move on to the next play. All right, and then lastly uh, is targeting, um, which bleeds into yours. They reviewed the targeting in the beginning of the half when uh, I forget the Wisconsin linebacker hit uh, a wide receiver as was it the wide receiver? Yeah, as he was going to the ground. They reviewed it, looked at it a lot. Uh, 
Mertz is scrambling a very similar hit where he's getting tackled and then the defender leads with his helmet, they don't even look at. And again, I'm not saying it was targeting. I think it was targeting, but they didn't even look at it. And those were two situations where the review booth, I think, could have been utilized and wasn't. Um, so go ahead. That's that's my uh, review booth complaints, mm-hmm. and that leads into yours, yeah. Ugly the Hit on Mertz. Uh, yeah, Ugly is the hit on Mertz. Uh, like you were alluding to, I mean, he was making a play, trying to get into the end zone. Uh, he was a couple of yards away, but ran to a defender. When then there was a, I think we just went over a questionable targeting call that wasn't reviewed. Uh, on Mertz, and that hit. I mean, and then ultimately, like we talked about, it took him out the game. Uh, took yeah. about the rest of the game in probably in concussion protocol. But yeah, that was a nasty hit. It wasn't reviewed. I mean, they should be targeting. It wouldn't. I mean, it would. It could have changed the game at that point. But it wasn't. You know, you never like to see a kid go like that, like that, and especially your your quarterback that you're trying to ride uh, the end of the game with. That was at that point too. It was starting to roll. A little bit. Yep. Uh, from that standpoint, things were opening up for him. Yeah, on that play, he had uh, passed this eject on for eight yards. Uh, that big Ferguson one for 23. And then on his the seven-yard run, uh, he had passed eject on early – sorry, the first one of the drive, 24 yards, then eight yards, then the pass of Ferguson for 23, and then ran for seven yards down to the Minnesota four. got knocked uh, – Knocked out of the game on that. And the defender clearly lowered his head and had no intent of using anything but his head for contact. Uh, so that was that was very disappointing that they didn't look at that. Again, it would have been, I guess the player would have been ejected, right? But it would have been um, it would have been a first down, I guess, and we would have got two yards yeah. out of it. We ended up scoring a touchdown on the next play anyway. Uh, great, Actually, a great play call. <laughs> Again, but with Chase Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That is anything else on uh, the win over Minnesota. Again, just so good to have the axe. Felt so good to sit back, watch the, you know, the celebration as you said, yeah. and, and know that we have another year where we beat Minnesota. Absolutely. Did you notice the obsessive every fourth <laughs> down of def- the Minnesota defense throwing their hands in the air with their with the fists? They would do it even when we got first downs on third down. Yeah, they, and it was just, but it was, and it was like everyone. It was the whole team, like the whole defense obsessively I, I don't know I mean you know it's, like, you it's know a P, it's a PJ game. Fleck thing yeah it had to be a PJ thing it had to be like we're gonna do it every time guys we're gonna go out there we're gonna stick our fingers up in the air for fourth down every time that's yeah that's how you can tell how bought into the program you are <laughs> by by how you do that uh, one of those things yeah it just I don't know everything about what that guy does <laughs> just drives me up a wall um he's he's uh like uh, somebody described him, I saw as like a, a cartoon, a football cartoon villain. Like <laughs> he's so easy to root against. Like before the game, he's going around, he's dabbing up all his players, he's talking to each one individually. You know, they're stretching, and he's you know getting one on one in them. It's like the, he, you know, okay, we get it, we get it. Ah, everything's just so over the top with them. So I'm glad that we weren't, we didn't have to see any sort of winning celebration <laughs> from him <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, other Badger news, uh, let's go with uh, the quarterback depth you talked about will be a little bit lighter next year, although we got a pretty okay recruit coming in, uh, as it was signing day. Uh, I didn't write that in the notes, but uh, signing day uh, in the early period happened this week. Badgers signed, I think it was 21 players yeah. to the class. They were the 16th rank in the nation, third ranked in the Big Ten. 
their best ranked recruiting class, uh, I think, in the internet era, if not in some time. So a great recruiting class, including, I think, Deacon Hill is the quarterback's name, uh, a f- three or four star, depending on which recruiting class, uh, recruiting site you look at, uh, coming in. So uh, that, I guess I just, off, sorry, off the cuff recruiting nice. news. Uh, that was good work. So he'll that be coming impressive. in. That was very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Cohn uh, is heading out. He's entered the transfer, the mysterious transfer portal, portal airport lounge <laughs> place. Um, so he will be transferring, which stinks because he was good. I think he – I don't know what would have happened if he would have been – as far as would he transfer after this year or not, if it would have been Mertz's team next year or not. That could be debated. I guess I, I didn't necessarily want the conversation to go that way. Yeah. Uh, but you can't take it that way if you want. But he gets hurt. Obviously, sits out the season. It seemed like he could have been healthy enough to come back and play. That's what I th- everyone was saying. That's why it was so. You know, it was strange. The game before, you know, last week when we saw his struggles, and we started to think, well, you got to get Cohen in there just just to change it up. Obviously, yep. didn't play. Um, Burt goes out this game, and Wolf comes in. So I don't know if I. And nothing was said. I don't know if he if it, they were just saying that he was to give them give the other team something. To, to practice on, or if he just, you know, truly wasn't. But, you know, I got the got the notes coming down that he's going into the portal, which yep. is probably a, a sign that he had a conversation or saw the writing on the wall that it's, you know, he's not going to have this competition for the starting job uh, going into next season. So, you know, I mean, he had, I mean, in our area, I mean, he had an up and down. He had good numbers, right? Yep. And I think if you just look at his numbers, you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty impressive. But I think if we looked at the play, like it was up and down. I think it apexed, apexed last year at Minnesota and parts of the um, the Rose Bowl game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all in all, wish him the best. Wish him the best. And I think we'll be, well, I think we'll be okay. Interested to see where he goes. But uh, go to somewhere where you have a chance. Yeah. Don't don't pull a, a horny bro. <laughs> yeah, uh I guess I'll speak a little bit to his to his play. Uh I mean, first of all, everybody in the program seems to love him. Yeah. Seems to wish him everybody wants some the best of him. If it will be hard to root against him that is that is for sure. He was a a good quarterback uh in a time when Wisconsin just needed a good quarterback. I think I'm trying to think if he was here all season, he benefited from having Quintus Cephas for for sure. Mm-hmm. All his good games kind of correlate and Taylor, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm thinking just from specifically yeah. quarterback play. Um, a lot of his big plays, those third down conversions, the going deep, that was all to Quintus Cephas. I'm not saying he wouldn't have been able to do it to somebody else, but we kind of saw this year uh, the wide receiver depth without Cephas. Uh, obviously, players got hurt, but the, the talent wasn't as good as, as Cephas was. Um, so it would be challenging for him, I think, to repeat what he was able to get with, with Cephas. Um, that said, I, I think he is a good quarterback. I think he will have lots of options on where to go. Uh, people are already speculating he might have lots of options of places to go within the Big Ten, uh, which would not be... I, I just don't want to play against him. I because he's like I said he's gonna be, he would be hard to to root against. Uh, to, people talking about maybe Northwestern being a destination. I don't I don't know what Ramsey's situation is there. I've heard Penn State uh, rumored uh, Rutgers rumored he's from New York. Um, 
so going back to the to the northeast might make some sense there. Um, and then maybe Illinois because he fits their new coach's system. So let's talk about that yeah. new coach, Marlo. Uh, if PJ Fleck is a cartoon football villain, we have another one back. Yeah. In the Big Ten, it is former Wisconsin head coach, now Illinois head coach Brett Bielema. Bielema, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, uh, Marlo, what what do you think well, of the hire? So, yeah, Illinois goes from one of my former head coaches to another former head coach. <laughs> um, this well, one, one I think you have a little bit easier time rooting against. Though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll either time rooting against, and I, I guess when this news broke, I was like, all right. Brett's back. He's back in the Big Ten. Um, he's going to look hilarious in bright orange uh, windbreaker, <laughs> as big as he is now. And, you know, and it makes sense. I think the hire makes sense for Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was one of the guys, I thought Brett was a good coach, and obviously he left, he left in a weird way, which put a bad taste in everyone's mouth, which is yep. totally understandable. Um, he's definitely Big Ten football. That's his brand. That's why it didn't work well from the SEC because he tried to plug that that sort of brand in the SEC, which wasn't going to work. Um, but I think it's a good hire for Illinois. I think it's something where for them as a program could start, you know, seeing dividends early um, as far as getting more than four wins. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But. You know, I, I you know, in time will tell to see if it gets back to somewhat of respectively, but it's going to be great to like have him back in Camp Randall, um, and, and be yeah. able to boo him. And God, I hope there are fans for there for that. Oh God, there better be. We have to by that point, right? Yeah, because we should be at Illinois next year. And if we, if right. there's fans for that, I'm freaking going. We're going. We're going. Okay, we're definitely going. Actually, go to Champaign. Yeah, we're going. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's like I said for the. Uh, Rooting factor, I, I'm really excited about the hire. I'm trying to forecast how this will go, though, and uh, I think it's a safe. Like, he'll run, I think, a good program. But I don't think, like, I'm not worried about him taking Illinois and turning them into kind of contenders in the West every year. But I think they'll be better than they were. So I think he'll like the ceiling isn't as high with the Bielma hire. I don't think as if like if they had come and got Jimmy Leonard. Like I think yeah, that would have terrified me. Oh, um, terrible. <laughs> uh, but I think it's a like a safe like low floor or high floor low ceiling higher. Yeah, I think so. I, is is that good for Illinois? Yes, that's better than what Illinois has been for since. The nineties? When did they go to the Rose Bowl? Well, it was like two thousand, early two thousand. It was like early, early two thousand. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I think I think I, I ultimately think like, they'll be a perennial, like they'll be more middle of the pack than bottom most of the time, mm-hmm. in short order, and then like every once, depending how long it lasts, but like it'll have at least one like weird magical run where they're they are contending for the west hmm. but not like okay. at a every year yeah said. yeah it will be interesting obviously he has the midwest connections being uh or playing at iowa uh coaching at wisconsin yeah. so he has kind of you know those recruiting connections the, that kind of brand and can we'll see what he's able to bring to to illinois to, but first time he puts his foot in the mouth about wisconsin because he's gonna do it he's going to 
Yeah, yeah, I guess I'll have to answer a lot more questions about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe then he could have shooed away yeah. before. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Oh, other news uh, for Wisconsin. We got our bowl. We are in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yeah. The, the big one, as they say, uh, against Wake Forest. Sure. Um, I didn't know Wake Forest. Marlowe, it's, it's the 30th. Um, it is December 30th. And it is at noon. That's like next week. <laughs> it is. These bowls, Marlo. I looked at the bowl schedule. It came out, and I was like, all right, let's put it together. The first bowl game's tomorrow. Are you serious? North Texas plays Appalachian State tomorrow. I have no time. In the Myrtle Beach. I guess it's the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Now they say bowl after them. Just, okay, yeah. so Myrtle Beach Bowl in Conway, South Carolina. There you oh, go. Wow. Beautiful Conway, South Carolina. All right. Well, if that's by Myrtle Beach, I presume that it actually is very pretty. Um <laughs> <laughs> So we got Duke's Mayo Bowl uh, against Wake Forest. Um, there we go. What do you think? What do you think, Marlo? About I know there was a lot of joking before this about about the Mayo Bowl and just how um, I don't know. Maybe how it's one of the. Let's be fair. It's one of the ridiculous sounding sounding names. Um, but at three and three, I don't know how much we can complain. Yeah, no, we can't complain. But we also. Um, you know, again, it's another game we have like kind of more to lose than gain. We don't want to end the season. I don't want to end the season in a loss, but this one, like, we don't want to end the season with the with the losing record, right? Sitting at five hundred three and three. Um, Wake Forest. I watched them play once. It was against Clemson, so that wasn't a good sample. Ooh. <laughs> so I have no idea, uh, you know, where that's going to go. But you know, it gets in them extra week of practice, or extra, yeah, I guess, you know, week and a half of practice. Uh, which is good. Get the kids those reps. You know, obviously it's not as many as <coughs> normal bowl circumstances, but you know it's good. It's good to get them in there. Uh, obviously, Mertz needs them. Wolf needs them. Uh, so yeah, let's go. We going to North Carolina? Yeah, for sure. Definitely going to Charlotte in a pandemic. That's going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I haven't seen War- Wake no, Forest no, play there. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> totally worth it. Um, they looks like they had some close games against some good te- ranked teams, at least. Not Clemson. They played pretty close against uh, North Carolina. North Carolina State, who I don't think ended up with a very good year uh, when it was all said and done. Uh, went over Virginia Tech, but I think they were missing a lot of players at that time. They finished 4-4 uh, four and four overall. Uh, three and four in the conference, so I guess record-wise, pretty good, pretty good comp there. Uh, now I lost my page for. All right, whatever. <clears throat> um, but like I said, can't complain. And I think we're in this bowl because uh, I know we're going to talk about other bowls later uh, in college play, uh, football. But Indiana got screwed, so that pushed every every Big Ten team down a bowl that they should have been in because we only have one team in one Big Ten team in the New Year's Six. Or it's different days this year, but we only have one Big Ten team in the New Year's Six. <clears throat> so that normally we have at least two, right? So that puts every other Big Ten team down. So we're kind of the last Big Ten team to get a bull bid oh, wow. uh, here at the Dukes Mayo Bowl. I didn't see anybody in a quote-unquote worse game. Um, but a lot of them said, you know, Nebraska, Minnesota came out and said that they weren't going to accept any bids. So, um, you know. Yeah, well, good. yeah thanks, Nebraska. Thank you for letting everyone know you weren't setting, you weren't going to get any, three. Really accepted any bids that you weren't going to get. Um, yeah, two, three, and five teams. I think there were two and 
is the recipe two and five or three and five? Anyway, um, yeah. So Duke's Mayable. Uh, honestly, I I'm gonna make jokes about it being Duke's Mayable. <laughs> Their trophy is really cool. I wish it was filled with mail. That would be even funnier. Um, but I'm glad we're in a bowl game. We get that. Keep that. Speaking of Affleck. Uh, type questions. We get to keep the streak of bull games and NCAA tournament appearances. Nice. Yeah, so nice. We still get that. Duke played in this game. Has it been the Duke Duke at the Duke Mayo Bowl? I I couldn't I couldn't tell you. Okay, I was just wondering. All right, well, I yeah, we have less time to prepare. I guess we gotta less <laughs> time to prepare for this. this bowl yeah, game, so we gotta get our P's and Q's. We gotta get watching that tape. Ten- Wake Forest and break it down next week. Break it down. We'll definitely, definitely going to do that. <laughs> All right. That is it for football, Marlo. Uh, on to basketball. I think we'll talk a little bit less about this because I was wrapped up in the football. Yep. Uh, two games this week. Win over Loyola midweek, 77-63. Uh, I think this was highlighted by the YMCA-ness of Loyola's big man, Kurtwig, who had a really good game and I think will have a really good game. We'll put up lots of points um, this college this college season. Uh, he led the way with 19 points. Uh, seemed seemed to be able to score whenever, almost whenever he wanted. Uh, he had kind of that, like I said, why I'm seeing that old man low post yep, game. For sure. And for someone who has who leads now Wisconsin in career blocks, Nate Reavers can't really handle that very well. A bigger guy than him just backing him down. Uh, he's still pretty wire, wiry. Uh, Reavers is uh, and. As far as kind of our, our team defense goes, a big man like Kurtwig, somebody who has that kind of old school low post game, I think can be an issue for this defense. And that's what I learned in this game, even though Wisconsin kind of put them away towards the end. They got hot again from three yeah. in the second half, pulled away 77-63. Yeah, that's what I noticed. Like Wisconsin, when they play, because Loyola plays much like Wisconsin, right? A little, um, just their personnel and the, you know the way they move the ball around. And I feel like whenever we play a team that's kind of mirrors us, don't do as well as we should. Like, like man for man, you'd say we're more talented than Loyola. Yeah, um, I think easily. Yeah, easily. You could say that. But it just seemed like they, were, you know, they were running, they were running our offense, you know, somewhat better man for man. And I don't know that part. That part's kind of that part's kind of frustrating. Obviously, they came out with the win. Uh, but at times it was closer than the end score. Yeah, we didn't we didn't score in the first seven minutes. Yeah. Uh, which you I mean, glass half empty. We didn't score in the first se- seven minutes. Glass half full. We scored seventy seven points in the remainder of the minutes. What is that? Thirty three minutes. So that's pretty impressive. That's, that's pretty. That that's pretty is impressive. pretty impressive. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, the bigger game, I guess, the more consequential game, as we'll, I think as we'll. Lo- Look back on the season uh, was absolutely dominating Louisville, eighty-five forty-eight. Uh, I guess a little bit of an asterisk or disclaimer on this game. Uh, Louisville was without, I believe, their best player um, and some other players. They're recovering from a uh, a COVID outbreak, which is why this game was this week instead of during uh, the uh, ACC Big Ten uh, tournament uh, proper. So, uh, I guess a little disclaimer there, but it still felt really good to watch Wisconsin. Just run it up on Louisville. Yeah, and it was no. I mean, yeah, they were missing <laughs> players, but uh, at the same time, they scored. They scored eleven threes in the first half that they had made. 
which was yeah. Um, you know, that's hard to beat. That's hard to beat when you're when you're hitting when you're hitting uh, threes like that. Uh, things were just falling. It was working out, and yeah, no, it was it was good to see over uh, over a Louisville team. The the name looks good on the front. You know, it was a ranked opponent. It was a weird, again, weird circumstance. I didn't realize they had rescheduled the game until like a day before. Um, yeah, I think they I think they rescheduled it after our pod, so it was during uh, after we recorded last Sunday. So it. I think because I think we just talked about Loyola yeah. last week. Yep. Um, but yeah, everyone contributed this game, and I think they got everyone in the game. And yep. Yeah, what was the end? Three points. Sorry, stats department. Sixty-four. Yeah, we were we were sixty-four percent, sixteen of twenty-five. That's wild. Yeah, I mean that was a continuation from uh, the Loyola game. We shot fifty-six percent in the Loyola game, so uh, absolutely on fire from three this week. Um, I mean, if we shoot sixty-four percent, we're going to win a lot yeah. of basketball <laughs> games. Um, but it was in this game. It was. What what was the game where, where it was the Rhode Island game where Davison just started he just hit three threes at like the start of the game you're like whoa what's happening here these are really weird shots and they're just going in in somewhat the Loyola game but definitely in this Louisville game it just seemed like we were getting open looks from our motion from our offense uh, it, it seemed like we got any shot we wanted in this game the offense was just executing very very effectively so all of our three pointers were good shots in it felt like all I can't say all of them there were 25 but <laughs> most of them were kind of in the flow of the offense in a rotation you know off of a, a designed offense and it looked really good and they looked all looked like really good shots I mean they went in so that made them look extra good but you know what I mean like the the look was a good look yeah agreed yeah we're we're when when we're jack when we're playing bad offense we're just jacking up threes like at the end of the shot clock off of you know terrible motion um, that wasn't the case in this game. The offense flowed really well. Uh, we shot 54% from the field in general, 64% from three. Um, and it, I guess on a, to dial into one player who wasn't even the leading scorer of this game, but Jonathan Davis is so fun to watch. He only had seven points in, in this game. I think he had 12 against Loyola. Um, he's a freshman, but he has such a versatile offensive game. He can take it to the hoop. He has a low post game. He has a turnaround. Uh, he's shooting okay from outside. Um, it's so fun to watch him play because it's all new to me. Like everybody else on this team I've seen play for four years. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess Potter uh, a year and a half, uh, but I like I know what their game is. But it, Boston Jonathan Davis coming as a freshman, and it, like I feel like every game I'm like, oh, that's something new I didn't know he could do, or he's you know already improving on this, and he's crashing the boards on the offensive boards. Um, he had two offense rebounds in in the Louisville game. Uh, it's been so fun to watch, and I just can't wait to see him grow. And he's a freshman. It's Amazing. <laughs> yeah, he is smooth. He has he has some silky smooth moves. Um, and if we can get him, to, you know, he's gonna hopefully start as we get into Big Ten play here. Eat up some more minutes, gain some more uh, experience, you know, and really be able to showcase yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Anderson also played well in this game, I should say. And as I think about this team, I think how far we're going to go, how good we're going to, how what, how good our record is going to be, is not necessarily how the starters do, because again. They've been around. We know who they are, right? It's 
how much Davis gives them, how much Anderson gives them, how much Wall gives them, those other players, <clears throat> if their game can grow, then I think this team can really take the next uh, step as the preseason expectations uh, thought that the team could, but I think it's down to those other players as much as, as anything. Um, all right, so you mentioned it. Let's look ahead to conference play. Starting this week, we got Nebraska on Tuesday. Michigan State, who will be coming off of a uh, loss. They lost to Northwestern today at Northwestern. Always a tough place to play, Marlowe. Although it's a renovated gym, yeah. right, since the last yeah, time we went. So maybe, maybe. it's. I'm, st- I'm sure it's still... I'm sure the grass is still long inside, inside on their their basketball court. Uh, so yeah, Nebraska, um, Hoiberg there. I honestly don't know anything about this Nebraska team yet, um, which is you know I guess a good job by me <laughs> to not to not look to not look into them at all before the podcast. Um, but here we go. They're four and three, uh, which seven games feels like a lot. I, uh, they have losses to Creighton, who I don't know. They feel really highly ranked. Uh, they're at eight. They lost to Marquette, uh, and I think they lost again. Um, and they lost to Georgia Tech in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. The rest is kind of regional games that I don't really care about. So <laughs> there we go. That's my Nebraska breakdown. Nice. Uh, we are our, uh, no, Kobe, uh, no, no Kobe King. No Kobe King. Yes. Yeah, right. Right. No. no Kobe King. Okay. Uh, All right. What did, did we ever get closure on that story? Right. Do we know what, does anybody know what happened? I don't know if he's playing. <sighs> That's all the time he gets. I'll, I want. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Michigan State again. Not lost Northwestern. Haha. Uh, but I think so. I guess Big Ten games today because some Big Ten games have already started. Obviously, Michigan State Northwestern. One of them. Michigan State falling Northwestern. Uh, Illinois went on the road to Rutgers and lost Rutgers ninety-one to eighty-eight. Um, Iowa lost, but I guess they lost to Gonzaga, who is the best team in the country. So I can't. I guess you they can't. Still scored eighty eight. Uh, was that ninety nine to eighty eight? Was the score of that game? Ninety one to eighty eight. Oh uh, no, I'm sorry. Of the the, the Iowa, Iowa Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, that was ninety nine to eighty eight. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a big ten. That doesn't make sense. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's a big ten in the game game today, 9188. Uh there's lots of points. Lots of so I guess my point is I think that this is gonna be a very competitive Big Ten team. There's lots of good teams. And I don't think there's a great team. Iowa might be end up being a great team. We'll see how it goes in conference play for them. Uh I guess you could say Wisconsin could. I guess I'm emotionally hedging myself not to say yeah. that. <laughs> I think they could be a good team. There's possibility it could be a really good team. I don't think there's a great team. I think there's lots of good to really good teams. So I think it's going to be a very competitive uh, Big Ten season with lots of teams kind of somewhere between the 5 to 15 ranked teams in the country. Uh, so we'll have one of them on Christmas Christmas Day at, uh, I wrote noon. It's noon Eastern at 11. So... Open, we don't yeah, open in presence. Open presence. Sit back and watch the basketball. Tune in. Tune into that. And then Bucks play, I think, at 1 30 because NBA starts. We didn't even put that no, in here. We didn't. NBA oh, well. starts. We talked about it. Yeah. Good job. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's any other Badger things no, I think, going yeah, on that, that you saw no, more? I think we wrapped it up pretty well. Um, All right. All right. Excellent. Uh, okay. Let's just. Take a step back for the Badgers. Look at some other college sports focusing on football. Marlo, you won. Congratulations. The victory margin contest, yep. um, which we didn't wager on, thank goodness. Uh, but it, I think it was it, 
it was really front well i shouldn't say i was gonna say fun but then i was gonna say frustrating uh because i'm watching like at the same time uh what was it uh clemson's just pulling away uh, Cincinnati's given away, almost given away the game. Like all my games were getting closer, your games were getting <laughs> <laughs> like bigger spreads. Uh, but uh, basically, the Clemson Notre Dame game won all on its own. Um, and then every game I had was actually really, really close. I think I had six points, six points, three points. You had like 24, 10, and three or something yeah. like that. So yeah, some people should look to me and know about these things. Well, the the thing is, <laughs> the one that you won was the fourth overall pick. So, I guess that's that's on me for picking the other two games. <laughs> uh, yeah, you had a chance. So, anyway, I had a chance, and I blew it. So, disappointing, disappointing. But uh, we had the conference championship games. Um, all of the, I guess, USC lost. They were, were they the only favorite to lose? Yes. Yeah. Go off of memory. Yeah. Um, so we, yes, cause we have our, our college football playoffs as we expected, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, uh, outside of that, uh, I guess before we talk about college football playoff rankings, is there anything that jumped out in the, um, championship games that you wanted to talk about? Well, Notre Dame's garbage. Um, that's <laughs> jumped out at me. And I do, again, I don't understand how they can sit and watch that game and be like, oh yeah, they totally deserve to be in the playoff. If, if your goal is to get the four best teams. Um, yeah, and you know, clips and clues show that they are much. They outclassed Notre Dame, and then that game before, although Notre Dame won it, they won it in overtime in their place with fans and without. Uh, why can't I? Ne- Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Oh well, yeah, it was good that he came back and shored up their defense uh, for this game. The, <laughs> I, but there is something to it, right? There's something to just knowing your guys there yeah. and, and uh, on on defense playing better. Um, yeah, I don't know how you look at Notre Dame and you don't expect the exact same thing against Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> the the only other problem with that is well, we'll talk about who you put in in, sure. in a second. I want to point out uh, one thing about the Big Ten championship game because holy crap, did that feel familiar? <laughs> that felt just like the last three Wisconsin Ohio State games. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just, That's we're kind of winning. We're hanging in there. We're holding them down. We're holding them down, and then. Middle of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, they score 14 points and blow it open, and that's the game. That's every Wisconsin Ohio State game, at least last year. Yeah, yeah, we feel you, Northwestern. You thought, and you guys probably yeah. thought you actually had a chance, but you didn't. Um, yeah, because you go into it and you're like, you're 20 point dogs, yeah. no chance, and then you're like, maybe, just maybe, no. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> long enough to think you can. Like you get the middle of the third quarter, you're like, oh my goodness, this could happen. No, just not. Yeah. Happen. Not happening. Which, that felt yeah, familiar. Which, I don't know. We thought it was real quick, but it's like Ohio State, as far as Big Ten is concerned, like they had 22 players not available, and they're still just able to freaking have another running back that goes for 300 something yards. Um, it's just, yeah. just so whatever, dude. Um, yeah, yeah. Ohio State program is just at a different level right yeah. now. Uh, pretty, I was four-time uh, Big Ten champion in a row. Uh, that just, I mean, in years past doesn't happen. You don't win four times in a row. That's how much how much they're humming. And you're right. They have just they lose players and they put them back in. Um, although, I, I yeah, I was gonna say 
one thing I, I noted early in the game when they were struggling on offense was without their top, they were without, I think, their top two wide receivers. Yeah. I kind of was looking at them be like, I feel you. Like, your offense, yeah. even if you have a Justin Fields at quarterback who's going to be, what, a top five pick? Uh, your passing game really struggles when you don't have those guys you're used to throwing to you drop a talent level at those skill positions. Um, you know, so I was looking at that and going, this is exactly like how frustrating Wisconsin's offense has been because they don't have these options out there. So I, I, I don't say I sympathize with Ohio State by any means, but then they just turned, turned it and then a guy ran for 300 yards yeah. on yeah. the ground. So they just decided to do that instead. Exactly. Ugh, freaking Ohio State. Um, yeah, uh, SEC game was very exciting. Uh, it ended up being what a seven point game, six point game, uh, but I never felt like Florida was going to win. Oh no, no, yeah, not at all. Um, I think you know it was yeah it was it was one of those things where Alabama gets up and they're like oh let's just make it a game and let them back in first and then uh, we'll just turn it on it and not let them yeah then we'll just shut the door shut the door score whenever yeah score whenever we yep. want. Um, Pac-12 was they have a they have a four and two, pack four and two four and two Pac-12 champions. Yes, yeah, <laughs> just just funny to say. All right, college football playoffs. Um, we kind of, I mean, everybody probably knows it now. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Uh, Marley, you were already talking about it. Uh, Notre Dame gets the fourth spot. Five and six for AM Oklahoma. I guess you should probably include Cincinnati on that list of teams just outside looking in. Uh, now that I say that, uh, who the heck was the seventh team? Uh, it was Florida. Florida shouldn't get in. So <laughs> you have those uh, those three really kind of with a gripe at Notre Dame. And I don't think there's an argument that you should put any of those ahead of Ohio State. Um, I know SEC fans out there are looking and saying Ohio State only played six teams. Yeah, but they didn't lose to anybody. Yeah. And they didn't lose to anybody by 20-plus points. So let's all settle down about that. They're like, oh, they barely beat Northwestern. They won by 12. It could have been 29. They just stopped scoring. <laughs> and Northwestern is pretty darn good. Yeah. So ugh, that's a message to all the Big Ten haters Yeah, take there. that. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Texas A&M, they, ha- I mean, they have... Oh, did you see that? Like the whole uh, uh, coaches talking through the media was back last week for sure. Oh, big time! Uh, it was big, big time. time back. Uh, was his face at Texas? What's the guy who got Bob Fisher? Um, yeah, Texas A and M. You know, five straight ACC or five SEC wins in a row. We only lost to Alabama. Deserved to be in the playoff. Great speech, coach. Right there with you. I, you know, do they deserve to be in there? Probably not, but like I think they should be over there over Notre Dame at this point. Oklahoma definitely does not. Um, you give a sniff. I, I think if Cincinnati, you can't do it. Cincinnati would have played better against Tulsa and kind of showed them that uh, they had a chance. I still think they're getting screwed in the overall rankings, but that's a different story for a different yeah. day. Um, but I just don't like these are the four. I just it makes it be more like these are the four teams everyone wanted in the beginning, and they just had an excuse to be like. We're gonna get them in there, and it's for what we need now. Is like these are the best four teams, four eyeballs, hands down, um, mm-hmm. for this. But at the same time, are we gonna get a good playoff? No. Like you said, Alabama's gonna crush Notre Dame. Clemson, Ohio yep. State might be good. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's I gonna be a good game either. And they're gonna get exactly what they want. Alabama, Clemson, they can build up the the rematch. The fifth one is the fifth or fourth one. 
in the playoffs, but uh, fourth one, fourth one. So I don't know. But anyways, might I mean, the, they might have three. Might be the fifth because I think they had three championship games, and I think they were in the semifinal yeah. ones. So maybe it's the fifth. Yeah. So we're we're gonna get that. Um, I, yeah, it just sucks. As I, the note. I mean, I'd rather see A and M play Alabama again than Notre Dame play Alabama. Because I think that will has a better chance of being a better game on a day where there's not going to be any other college football, and I want a good game. <laughs> Selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you laid out the case why Notre Dame wouldn't be there. A and M winning SEC games. I mean, congratulations. I'll give them they beat Florida forty-one to thirty-eight at home. I'll give them that. Their other victories over Mississippi State, Arkansas, South Carolina, LSU, Auburn, Tennessee. All those teams, I think, are under 500. <laughs> so let's settle down. Let's settle down about how good the SEC is this year. Yeah. Um, but I, but they won. They won eight games. I think their claim, but their their argument needs to be against Notre Dame. That Notre Dame got crushed by Clemson. But then you could also make the case that Alabama crushed A and M. So yeah. I get it, but. I don't know what else you do, and obviously the committee set this up by putting Clemson and Alabama at two and three <clears throat> for this exact for this exact situation. I don't think anybody else has the one who I think has a gripe. You can Cincinnati's undefeated. You should put them in because both other teams, Notre Dame and A and M, who are vying for that final spot, have lost to teams in the playoffs. Yes. If you were the best team in the country, you should have beat those teams. Cincinnati hasn't played anybody that good. But they haven't had an opportunity. I think you should give Cincinnati the yep. shot from that standpoint. Because it annoys me so much when we get two SEC teams or we get even two Big Ten teams. We get two teams, and the team has already lost to one of the teams in the playoffs. And I get it from a resume standpoint. right? You can look at it and go, that's a really good loss. Look, that other team is number one in the country. We're playing for a national title. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have a loss and it's to one of the teams in the Final Four... I think that should almost be disqualifying as opposed to a a a uh, a reason to get right. in. Yeah. Right, yeah, no, a hundred percent. Because it's I don't know. It, this 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 field I think they s I don't know what if we get our stats appointment on it, but since the playoff, Alabama's been on it every time except like two, right? I think yeah. and yep. Clemson's been there all the time. Ohio State's been up there. It has been the same like six teams or something, something silly like that, um, and you know, like what's the point? If that's if that's going to be what we're going to do, like you're not going to give anyone else a chance. Even um, I thought the committee was put together, even if they've put together a season worthy of it. Like, so what is the Cincinnati supposed to do? And especially in a season like this season where they couldn't, they didn't even have the opportunity to go out and play, you know, someone outside the conference. Um, you know, what are you going to do? But here we are. We got the teams. You're going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> That's all oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess the only thing in this case, you could say Clemson and Notre Dame each beat each other. Yeah. So they could both be the first and second best teams. Right. So that's a little bit different than you might get in a normal year. But I'd rather see an undefeated team than a team that just lost by, by 24. Even if, I mean, Cincinnati, it's not like it's Coastal Carolina, right? Or, or who are some of the other ones that are... <clears throat> You know uh, the non-power five. I mean, they're in the American Conference, yeah. right? That's the next best one, yeah. right? As as you think about it. So I, I don't know. It, it's just frustrating. And I think there was some uh, a stat out there. I don't know it off the top of my head, but it was essentially that the BCS 
process resulted in more new teams yeah. being in the championship than the college football playoff. However, um, I think that just might be college football now. Because I, but that I would like that analysis. So you must have seen or heard something about this um, as I did. Uh, but if they went back and did the analysis on. Like, if they used the BCS when there was college football playoffs, what championship games would they give you? Because I think it would just be the same three or four games <laughs> <clears throat> that, that ended up being in the playoff. Right. Um, all right, other uh, college football playoffs. This is what we knew was going to happen. Here it is. Um, I'm rooting, I guess. I guess I want Notre Dame to lose. Oh, just yeah. horrifically, it would be hilarious. Again. Um, that means Alabama's in my championship game, and I guess I just don't want to see Alabama Clemson again, so I guess I want Ohio State to win, and then I'm going to lose-lose in the championship. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there, there we go. Is. How about you? How about you? I, uh, I mean, yeah, I obviously, you, you can't root for any of these teams, no, okay, right? But I, I'll, I'll root for the Clemson, Alabama, and Clemson beat Alabama because there's nothing better than watching Nick Saban lose. Yeah. Dabble's been annoying me all year, That's though. true. He has, been, he, he has turned up the annoyance uh, meter a little bit this season. But still not Nick Saban level though. All right, <clears throat> uh, other bowls it, they just got announced today. Um, some some of them will happen. None of the ones we really care about will happen before next week. So I don't guess we don't have to really dive deep into them a, as much as we would. But anything kind of jump out as you as as interesting or ridiculous <laughs> in this or no? Interesting or ridiculous. Um, Iowa State making a New Year's League. I mean, I guess they have to. They're a power conference, but I don't understand how they're number 10. Um, yep, that I agree. That is 100% ridiculous in Indiana. That's true. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. Um, no, no, man. I don't know. I No, man. This is sad, actually, now that I'm scrolling through this. It's very sad. <laughs> Texas, Colorado. It feels... That's, that's an old-school Big 12. I guess. Cool. Feels weird. Auburn getting uh, in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah. It feels a little high for what I felt like their season was like. But I guess that's what happens when you have three SEC teams in the top ten. So Mississippi State Tulsa. This is four SEC teams in the top ten. Mississippi State Tulsa. That's uh, that's a that's a recipe for. Tulsa beating an SEC team and then pretending like they've won a national title. Nice. <laughs> I'm down. Print the shirts. Print the shirts. Um, UCF tweeted something out about the playoff committee. Uh, it was like a wrestling meme, and they were Hulk Hogan, and the playoff committee was, you know, a, a Hulk Hogan victim. And it was like, settle down. UCF, like, <laughs> you're not getting the playoffs. Relax. It's hilarious. Um, I don't know they're doing that. Auburn's not even ranked. All oh, right, whatever. Um, all right, so we'll look at that a little bit more in depth. So let's uh, quickly pivot, Marlo, to the NFL. Uh, your Bears remain in the hunt, right? They're still just in still the hunt. in the hunt. Yeah, the, Card- the Cardinals won yes. today uh, with a win over the Vikings. Hunt. I think we're in the. Uh, we're going into the zone. You don't want to play them now. Don't want to play them now. Don't let them in because you don't want to play them now. Zone. Uh, <laughs> Mitch is getting hot. Offense is getting hot. This is uh, this is <laughs> this is gonna be so sad because it's gonna make it so hot enough they're gonna sign Mitch back, <laughs> and then it's yeah. gonna suck for the next five years. 
this is so bad. This is, this is so this is so bare. It's just like, oh, let's just win the last four game, the last few games because they're not going to mean anything, and give this fool's gold play. <laughs> yeah, they've been uh, got a running game. Was it? Why is this not show updated? Ugh, annoying. Uh, yeah, I think since Mitch has been back, they've been scoring 31, 30-plus points a game. Yep. Uh, the offense has been revitalized. Uh, what is the remaining schedule for your Bears? So they have at the Jaguars, that's a win, uh, and then the Packers uh, to, to close out the season. Uh, so uh, obviously a tough game there. Are you guys um, really playing? We will because we need to win that game to get the number one you overall do? seed. We probably will. We probably will. In la- so it's, I think we have like a almost a game and a half lead over the Saints. I just looked at this before the thing. But if Seattle wins their last two games, we need to win that game. Got it. Otherwise, it so if we go game? one and one. Uh, it's right now at oh. noon. I was hoping it was a prize but game. It could, well I'm, sure it'll, I'm sure it'll be flexed if both of us are. If you're playing for the playoffs and we're playing for the one seed. Um, yeah, so if we if we split our games and we... Uh, I was going to talk about this with Packers. Yeah. So let's, I'll talk about it with the Packers. Yeah. Uh, so for the Bears, uh, Jaguars and Packers. So obviously winnable against the Jaguars, uh, who I think are just now trying to lose, um, especially with the Jets win today. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, your offense looks good, Marlo, and the defense kind of has seems like it's dropped a little dropped bit. A little bit as we regressed, uh, you know, quite a bit. The, oh, the yeah. funny thing is, like, they're doing, they're getting more pressure on a quarterback, uh, but mm-hmm. with that, they're sending more people and they're, they're kind of letting up some chunk plays over the top. I think most Packer fans were rooting for the Bears today. <laughs> That was the feeling I got. I think they would, because if it, well, although I guess if you're the one seed, but I guess the thought was like if you slip to the two seed, you're playing that last team, and the last team is probably going to be the Bears or the Vikings. There's a chance that it's the Bears or the Vikings. And out of those two teams, I think Packer fans were saying we'd rather play the Bears than the Vikings. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. I don't know. People are saying that. People are saying that. um, Interesting. I don't want to play us now. Don't want to play this now. Because the Vikings looked really good until this game. <laughs> a really good stretch. stretch. They had a run. They had a run. Yeah. I shouldn't say. They lost the Buccaneers. I forgot they lost the Buccaneers. I thought that was a couple weeks ago. That was just mm-hmm. last week. Okay. So maybe they weren't as impressive as I thought. But um, well, yeah. your Bears were your Bears were today against the Vikings. Mitch made some plays. And a almost back-breaking interception. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And David Montgomery remembered how to run the football. <laughs> Just I didn't realize something you would you would forget and then get back. Uh, all right, uh, so Jacksonville, yeah, next week. There you go, Minshew. Any, <laughs> is he yeah, back? back. Nice. Yeah, he's beat up McGlo whatever. Long neck. McGlen- uh, Glennon. Mike Glennon. Glennon. Is uh, I feel like that's like the same. Like I, I who you, you know. Six of one, half a dozen the other. It's like the same quarterback. <laughs> All right. Uh, my Packers, again, played on Saturday, completed the four for four uh, of my Saturday Saturday games. Uh, holding on to the Panthers, they're up 21-3 to three, 
uh, going into halftime, I watched The Mandalorian uh, during halftime. Uh, and a little bit in the third quarter, it came back, and it was like they were scoring to go up 21-6, uh, or it was going to be 21. What ended up being? Shoot. It was where they got within a touchdown. And I was like, man, <laughs> now i got to, like, sweat this out. I was so ready to just kind of come back, and it's like, oh, it's 28-10 to 10 now. And it's like the game's, the game's over. But, uh, no, they were not that... They're not that kind to me. Uh, it's 24-16. They had the field goal. That's why my memory was off on that. Um, so I caught the end and, and watched them kind of hold on. And I guess anti-Packer fans and, and Packer fans alike were commenting on how this proves the Packers aren't a good team because they, they struggled to win against against the Panthers, uh, which I would respond to these people online who I tweet at, but I will we'll say on the podcast, weren't listening, but whatever. Uh, this is what the Panthers do. They lose games closely. <laughs> they're, they're a good-ish team. They're well-coached, but they just don't have the talent there. They keep games close. Uh, they lost to the Vikings by one. They lost to the Chiefs by two, and they kicked a, like a thousand-yard field goal uh, to almost uh, to almost win that one. Uh, they lost to your Bears by seven. Like they get within a touchdown, but they lose. But they get right there. So I, I'm not too worried. I'm not uh, from a this proves the Packers aren't a good team by somehow winning a game uh, that they that they should have won. Um, I just don't that commentary. I just I I honestly don't understand. So that sets us up for our final two games here. Uh, actually, a very challenging two games um, with uh, a game against the Titans next week and then at the Bears. Uh, so I think the scenarios are <clears throat> we need to go one in one to guarantee a spot. If we beat the Bears and lose to the Titans then we are in the one seed off of having a better NFC record because we would be 10-2. and two. Seattle would be 9-3 and three if they win their last two games. Uh, we have the tiebreaker against Seattle. Uh, or is just are just the Saints out of it now? Whatever. I, I know the Seattle tiebreakers. Um, if we beat the Titans but lose to the Bears, then it's off of like total point differential or something, which is too far away and too complicated to tell right now. So... There we go. Um, the easy thing to do is just beat the Bears, and then you're you, then you're the one seed. So, there we go. All right. All right. We'll see down That's the home first. stretch. Two games. Yeah. Two regular season games. It feels weird that it's we're like already at the end of the season. I I think it's just because college football is taking right. longer. Yeah. Usually you have the like so college football it, out the way before the bowl game, and then you can like. Hone in on, on an NFL yeah. only, but we don't have that. Yeah, and there's like a quarter of the season left now. It's just yeah. two weeks. It's yep. very weird. All right, so that's Packers. Other uh, things, I guess, that happened in NFL, uh, the Jets stupidly won. <laughs> so they they beat the Rams. Uh, I think the Seahawks play the Rams next, so that's a tough game for Seattle. Um, but the Jets now have – they are losing the tiebreaker to Jacksonville – so if the season were to end today or if they both lose their final two games, uh, Jacksonville will have the number one pick and get Trevor Lawrence. So good job, Jets, good for job. winning today. <laughs> so I think it's the, the worst win in uh, – could go down as the worst win in franchise history. Uh, the Chiefs-Saints uh, played a pretty close game. Um, takeaway is Mahomes is really good. He's just on a different level. 
the plays he's making. Yep. Um, what was the and then the other game that was entertaining Arizona Philly. Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts played pretty well. Looks like he looks like he might be a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I still need to see it. Still not sold for a couple, a couple more weeks. Um, this Arizona team is weird. I, I honestly don't know how good they are. Uh, I mean, they're what eight and five, so they're nine and five, eight and five, something like that. So they should be. So for some reason, I don't feel like. At the same time, I feel like they're not as good as their record, but they're way better than their record. Because I, I just can't figure out who they are. Some weeks they really impress me. Other weeks they really disappoint me as far as what my expectations are for them. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird that – it's it's really weird that Jalen Hurts is coming in and succeeding so much. Uh, I guess they lost today, but still. Um, and I think it goes – to here, what, I'm trying to think of my theory here on the, on the fly. Uh, Doug Peterson can coach really. He designs really good game plans for not very good quarterbacks. <laughs> he designed really good game plans for Nick Foles and won a Super Bowl, and he's designing really good game plans and packages for Jalen Hurts. But when he has a quarterback who he thinks can actually do stuff, and he opens up the playbook, he can't. His offenses can't perform. So I don't know if that's a Carson Wentz issue, but the idea that Carson Wentz can no longer play quarterback is is weird. Um, so I'm going to blame it on Doug Peterson on my just half-baked theory I came up with there. Nice. All right. There we go. This. That's the NFL. That is, <laughs> that is the NFL. Um, next up, we got everyone's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. Yep, so this was the first part of the four-part uh, Victory Saturday. Oh, I should just call it Victory Saturday. That would have been good. Good thing I thought about that at the end of the podcast. Uh, Liverpool 7, Crystal Palace 0. Goals all over the place for Liverpool, um, which stinks because uh, I kind of like Crystal Palace. Oh, it doesn't stink, but part of it stinks because uh, I like Crystal Palace. But that's okay. Uh, Liverpool... Uh, looked really good. Got, I mean, obviously it was seven goals, but the attack flowed so well in this game uh, and really just kind of a continuation of what they've been doing uh, recently and hopefully we'll be getting some of their key players who have been out on injury back. Uh, obviously they won't be getting the, the center backs back, uh, but Thiago might be back soon. Um, and who's the other one I'm blanking on? Uh, somebody else returned to training. Uh, Nabi Keita subbed in in this game. So a lot of the players, the, the problem with Liverpool has been their depth has been so, so shallow because of injury. They still have lots of injury problems, but some of the players are coming back and hopefully will be able to contribute and kind of lessen the load on, on some of the some of the other players. Who is the other player? Shoot, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, the other game that I keyed in on this week, uh, mainly for the title race, was Leicester City and Tottenham. This was uh, game for second place. Uh, both teams were uh, vying for second place after Liverpool had extended their lead already uh, in, in first place. Uh, Leicester City uh, won the game 2-0 and Tottenham, lo- the home team, looked relatively unthreatening throughout the game. They um, 
essentially are just a counter-attacking team, which they're very good at. Uh, and when they're up or the game is even, uh, they can execute very well because they can let the other team possess the ball and then they can win the ball back and, and counter-attack with their, uh, mainly through Son, but uh, through their wings and get Harry Kane at the end of, uh, of some crosses. That works really well, but when you're down it's really hard to execute that sort of game plan. And this is another uh, a shining instance of uh, the um, the challenge that they have when, when they're down, their inability to kind of change how they play and produce goals um, and, and really get good opportunities. They had a couple opportunities, but Leicester City was the better and more deserving team. Uh, so that is, there'll be games throughout the week, um, pretty much... Uh, is it every day this week? Ah, oh, shoot, I forget. There, they'll be games throughout the week. Uh, Boxing Day is a big day in the UK. It's a holiday in the UK, day after Christmas. Uh, there's always a full slate of games on that, so we have that to look forward to. Uh, but that is it for the corner kick. All Mar- right. Anything you got? You want to scoop me? No, no corner. scoops this week. Maybe next week. Oh, phew. Uh, I'll let you sweat it out. Um, <laughs> all right, so throw-ins. Uh, this, I, yeah, I mean, I, surprise, it's just a throw-in. But I'm sure I thought about you when I heard the news. Um, it also made the beginning of the week even better to end with the with Saturday. But I'll let you have the honors for the first throw. Yeah, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo signed his contract extension. He will. It is a five year contract. Oh, I forget that it's 228 million. That sounds right. Um, it is well. It's four year with player option for the fifth year. So I, when are we going to start talking about whether or he's going to pick up that fifth year option, Mario? Year two. I feel like that's just how the conversation is going to go. But uh, as a as a Bucks fan, uh, this is ab- amazing news. Obviously, um, you know y- we have a chance to keep a two time MVP, a uh, top three player in the NBA in Milwaukee on our team. Uh, it, it's just something that hasn't happened in forever and the, it's happening now and it gives it gives the Bucks fans an opportunity to have a competitive team for the next four years and that the alternative will and that's great in and of itself but the alternative is absolutely dire. <laughs> if he doesn't sign this and walks uh, we just traded a lot of draft capital to get Drew Holiday, who's a fine player, but if you don't have Giannis, who cares? Uh, it would have been nearly impossible uh, to build even in the near rebuild in the near future without Giannis. So uh, thankfully, we don't have to worry about that. My mind started drifting towards that as the time kept increasing that he hadn't signed uh, hadn't signed the contract extension, but uh, he's going to be a buck. At least four more years, hopefully five, hopefully more, uh, and that means the Bucks are going to be competitive and compete for titles. And that's not a situation the Bucks have been in often um, and haven't been in a, in a long time. And uh, just a great a great spot to be. So I'm obviously really ecstatic about that. So there we go. There it is. Well, it's been a good week, Casey. Giannis signed. Yeah. He used his birthday present. Got the new contract. Yep, he used the birthday he present. Got I know a lot of people sweated it out, uh, yourself included, but here you are. Now there's no complaining. You kept a superstar in in Milwaukee. I 
I did say, or I don't know if I said this in the podcast, I, I, I think I said it to you, if he didn't sign, I think I was going to be done with the NBA. <laughs> I was just going to give up. <laughs> like, forget this league. That's what I would have done. But now I can uh, care about basketball, at least for four more years, until he leaves in <laughs> four or five years. All right. There we go. It, it's, just, it's just good, like... It's not like the LeBron one-in-one crap where you're always just trying to like do the thing that improves you at this very moment or you think will improve you at this very moment. You can like, I know we just traded away a bunch of capital, uh, a bunch of stuff to get Drew Holiday, um, but it, it it gives you a couple off seasons to kind of plan and to kind of, if things don't work out immediately with this group, to have a little bit of, of foresight to be able to to get the pieces you want, which isn't always the case in this day in age in the NBA because of LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Any other throw-ins we got? That was the the only one I had this week. That's the only one I had. Well, here we are. Um, That's all I have, Casey. No more throw-ins. Nothing will... uh, We'll pick it up next week, deep into bowl season already, yeah. um, and Big Ten basketball. So, with that said, until next time, you can find us on Twitter at 132Breeze, myself at MarloJR, Casey at Prof Badger Fan. That will be it for me. Casey, you got any last words? Well, uh, by next week, it'll be after Christmas, so Merry Christmas oh, to uh, all of our fellow fans uh, who celebrate Christmas. Uh, be uh, safe, have a good time, uh, and and stay healthy. Uh, and yeah, we'll talk to you next week, as Marlo mentioned, with all those exciting things going on. Uh, and then until next time, fellow fans, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports. <laughs>